Boys and girls, thank you so much for tuning into the Big Honker Podcast. It's been a hell of a month, so we appreciate that you're tuning in. Listen, we got a couple sponsors that you need to go check out. The first being Boss Shot Shells. You can check them out, bossshotshells.com. We've got a lot of exciting new stuff coming with them. Boss on the Road, hosted by Jeff and Andy, which will be out next year. Um, Boss Tom, turkey season right now for everybody. Uh, they got sevens and nines and tungsten, and it is some wicked stuff. And it is not too early to start uh, ordering those cases of uh, bismuth for waterfowl season. It's going to be here a lot sooner than you think. Go ahead, call them up. Dove that's, loads coming too. That's right. Stanfield nines will be out, and uh, they've got the war chief that they're very, very proud of. Talked to Brandon last week. War chief is going to be the real deal. So go check them out, bossshotshells.com, and they've also got incredible swag. Uh, we're also brought to you by Pacific Calls, PacificCustomCalls.com. Turkey season's still going, so you can use our promo code BHP25 uh, for whatever turkey call you want. They got new, they got uh, the brand new kill count out. I've been running it all year. It's it's a very good call. They've revamped the, the butcher, and then they've got some uh, good mouth calls out there too. So also the best uh, the best duck call that's on the market right now, the uh, PCD. It's still one of my favorites. And then the BA Lesser Call. Love it. Love everything that they're doing over there at Pacific Calls. You can save some money. BHP 25 saves 25% at checkout. So go to PacificCustomCalls.com. Use our promo code. It's there for a reason. Also, we're brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. Listen, if you are not doing anything at the end of July, July 28th and 29th, and you're in the greater St. Louis area, or if you want to make a road trip, head out for the third annual Squad Fest. I will be there along with some guys from the boss team. Uh, Pacific will be there. Dirty Duck will be there. we got a whole bunch of sponsors that are going to be there. It is a great time. They're going to have calling contests. Some of the biggest names in the waterfowl world are going to be there as vendors. So you can uh, buy whatever you're going to need for the coming waterfowl season. That's July 28th and 29th. Uh, and just come on out. Say hello. Also, you can start purchasing your spread for this coming year. Silhouettes. Way to go. Packs up nice and neat. They've got the bag situation figured out so you can stay organized all season long. They've got incredible products and they are incredible people over there at Dive Bomb Industries. So we look forward to seeing you at Squad Fest. Head over to their website, divebombindustries.com, for whatever you need. Also, we're brought to you by Shin Gear. They are not just a waiter company anymore. I wore their waiters. They're great. They've got a great guarantee that they will stand behind their waiters for as long as you stand in them, and they mean it. You get a, you get a little uh, malfunction that, uh, you know, maybe you walk through some barbed wire, you send it to them, and they'll fix it. And they've also got some incredible jackets, the bibs that I wore all season long. It's not a secret anymore. I can tell everybody. Incredible material. Kept me warm all winter long and dry. That's the most important thing. They're completely waterproof. So. Coming out with solid colors on all their... Uh... That's right. It's the way to go. Shin gear. Not just a waiter company anymore. Whatever you need. Jackets, bibs, and they got some other cool stuff. Make plans out. to be October 21st in Memphis for the Shin gear Film Festival. So that's coming up too. So make some plans for that. You can check them out, shingear.com and great company. If you're going to be at, if you're, they're going to be at Ducks this weekend. So if you're going to be there, head on out. We're also brought to you by the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast, Logan and Rebel. Head over to Patreon, donate to their Patreon account, and you will get access to their entire library. Bourbon reviews, debauchery, they've got all, all over there. Funny, funny guys. Logan and Rebel are great individuals. Glad that uh, they're on our team because got quite the cult following. So head over to Looking Glass Podcast. 
do everything you're going to need. Patreon, go from there. We're also brought to you by Lucky Duck, maker of the best A-frame that's on the market, the 2x4 blind. Uh, great spinners. You need motion if you're going to be a duck hunter in the field. So uh, great spinners. And then they've also got predator calls out right now. They've got e-callers out right now. So if you are ridding your turkey property of those pesky varmints, they've got the they got the thing for you. Also, if you're a raccoon hunter, they got it. They got you can. They got a sound for you there. Also, the revolt. The revolt. It's the way to go. Looking. Uh, looking glass. LuckyDuck.com, and you can get whatever you need, whether it be spinners, A-frames, or an e-collar. Easy enough. LuckyDuck.com. We're also brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. For 75 years, nobody has done more to put ducks back into the sky than Ducks Unlimited, uh, whether it be their wetland program or the money that they put forth for conservation. Ducks Unlimited has got your back. Come out this weekend. May 5th, 6th, and 7th to the Texas Motor Speedway. We would love to see you for the annual The Ducks event. A lot of good going on out there, so check them out. Also, we're brought to you by Double T British Kennels. Eh, listen, it's a it's a year wait if you're wanting a puppy from Corey, but that's a good problem to have. Uh, whether you're wanting a puppy, a started dog, or a finished dog, Corey can hook you up. Check them out. Uh, they're on Instagram, Double T British Kennels on Instagram. Send them a message over there, and they will be at, te- get at on, Ducks too. Get on the waiting list because you're going to have to get on the waiting list if you want a puppy from him or a started so, dog. Good problem to have. That means he's putting out quality uh, dogs. Otherwise, you know. Uh, also brought to you by Mossberg. We shot the Mossberg 940 all season long, and it never missed a beat out here in this West Texas sand. Uh, great company that has been around a very, very long time. If you are at Ducks and you want to shoot a Mossberg, I'm sure they'll have them there. You can, uh, it's free shoot Friday. So come on out Friday and shoot whatever gun you want. Uh, Mossberg, you can get them, you know, pretty much anywhere. Cabela's Bass Pro Academy, whatever your jam is, uh, check them out and don't sleep on the Mossberg 940 because it is a very, very good waterfowl gun. Ran it all year. Uh, we're also brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Not much room in the dove world, but we do have some dates. Unless you want a weekday private hunt, that's only dove hunting available I've got. If you would like to do a November goose hunt, outstanding hunting, I do have some dates. I can work in some singles and doubles. I have a few days during the week, and I have, I think, one weekend left in November. So if you want a November goose hunt, you need to holler at me. If you want Sandhill Cranes in January ducks, you need to call me too, 940-658-3172. And our last sponsor is Alpha Outdoors, home of the Stanfield Stool. Get with them. They can custom make anything you need. They've got a blind caddy, Stanfield Stools. Uh, they will not be at Ducks Unlimited. So anyways, check them out at Alpha Outdoor Specialties on Instagram. Thank you very much for listening to us. God bless y'all and be safe. Boys and girls, this episode of the podcast, we are joined by Dr. Don Lee. He is a equine veterinarian over in the great Sunset, Texas. A lot of cool things coming out in the animal medicine world. So cool talking to him. We hope you enjoy this episode. Here he is, Dr. Don Lee. My allergies are kicking my ass today for some reason. Need some ducks. West Texas, baby. All right, here we go.
Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast brought to you by Ducks Unlimited. I'm Jeff Stanfield with the world-famous Andy Shaver. May 5th, 6th, and 7th, Texas Motor Speedway. We'll be there. Hope to see you there. Bye, Jeff. A vodka. Yeah, buy me one vodka and Andy will drink every beer you buy for him this time. With us today from Sunset, Texas, our first guest from Sunset, Texas ever, Mr. Dr. Don Lee. Hello, Doc. How are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? We're excited to have you. Thank you for taking time out of your day to talk to us. You bet, guys. I'm I'm sure you got a lot better things to do. You have one hell of a hand in Stephanie. She handles all your calls and stuff, doesn't she? Oh, yeah. She's great. She messaged me Friday and and she said, here's Don's (laughs) cell number contact him because I'm going to be off all day. And then guess who's been texting me this morning? Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. We, I, I just, I just got back in the office about mm, 15 minutes so ago. It's good timing. So you are a equine specialist. Is that a word to call it? Is that a word? Yeah. Yes, sir. Veterinarian for horses mainly. I mean, we, well, if you like your animal besides a horse, you probably take it somewhere else because <laughs> I don't know much about anything else. But, uh, yeah, we do a lot of performance medicine on horses. Let me ask you this. And this is going to be this is going to be the first of dumb question. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I've been seeing uh, uh, chiropractics for like animals and horses. Is there anything to this? I am not really much of a chiropractic believer in humans, so I have an even harder time for animals. What's the science behind it? Um, man, actually, there is a pretty good place for it. I'm the same way with you. I just don't like being touched that much, so I've never been to a chiropractor myself, you know. But uh, the chiropractor, a good chiropractor, can really, really help help some of those horses because they'll, they'll get out and something like their necks and their hips and things like that. Same thing with little dogs. Um, we have a chiropractor that works with us on and off. And I mean, he does show pigs, show cattle, a little bit of everything. And it, it does seem to help them. Okay. You gotta be a stout fucker to crack a horse's neck. Wouldn't you figure? Yeah. Well, I, it, it helps being stout, but it's, they're not real hard on them. It's all about putting pressure points and like spot. getting a release yeah. on those spots uh, versus, I mean, cause you're not going to make a horse do anything. They're not going to want to do anyway. So you kind of got to right. tweak them into it. As you say. Right, my, my question is for you two intelligent people, you're a doctor, obviously. And Andy graduated from Patrick Mahomes university. So <laughs> he's an expert too. <laughs> Why would y'all think it's okay for an animal and it wouldn't be good for a human? I mean, if it's good, if, oh, I didn't. He didn't say good. He, he just, just said, said that, he doesn't want to go to one, and you don't believe in them. Yeah, it's all witchcraft to me. How the hell is it witchcraft? You're just popping. It's just fluid in there that you're popping. Okay, but if it makes you feel better and it makes you perform better doing anything, it's a good thing. Well, it's good for whoever's doing it, not necessarily for me. If your appendix was bursting, would you let them cut it out? That's not the. That's not at all. <laughs> like that, an appendix is a medical emergency. A sore back, it'll work itself out. Okay. Okay, Doc, what about you? You're a very bright man. Why do you not why would you not want to go to a chiropractor, but you think it's good for a horse? Oh, I, I I just don't like being touched that much, honestly. Um, but I mean I could I could probably use a chiropractor. I got smoked down, I don't even remember, uh, Wednesday, kind of knocked me out for a minute, got me on the side of the head, the neck, the arm, and then the jump. A horse? Yeah, got killed. Oh, oh no, shit. what happened? Oh yeah. 
I honestly, I don't remember. So, the only thing I remember, the only thing I remember is like rolling over. Like I, I, they say it flew me out the back. And I remember rolling over and seeing one of the girls that worked for me that's holding the twitch on his nose getting pawed in the head. That's the last thing I re- What were remember. you doing to it? What procedure was you doing? Prostate exam. Uh, hawk injections. <laughs> yeah. I'd be kicking too. <laughs> What's a hawk injection? Uh, so, so like you take a hyaluronic acid and the steroid. There's a bunch of different of each and inject it into the joint for inflammation and stuff like arthritis. Like you would do a professional athlete. Like they got their knee injected. Same thing. Same, same exact principle. Um, but yeah. Kind of like a cortisone so, shot. Is that kind of what it's like? Or yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like a cortisone shot. We just use HA in it. Um, which is the higher kind of lubrication and then the cortisone to take out the pain. We uh and he didn't like it. Obviously not. he did not like it. I don't think it was that. I don't even think I stuck him. I just think he was over the whole situation and had a little meltdown on us. Did you get it done after you got knocked out? <laughs> did you wake up? Well, I was going to, but they wouldn't let me. They said we'll get it done at the house because the worst part of this story is I'll give you a little backstory on this. I'd bought that horse the night before. Uh, me personally bought it because some other people were were supposed to buy it from the sale and they kind of backed out on it and I felt bad for the guy selling it. So I just bought the horse and I was going to inject it and uh, it uh, kind of had a little come apart there on me. So no <laughs> good deed comes unpunished. So do you have this horse now? Oh, yeah, I still got him. I'll get him injected. Not, not a whole <laughs> lot of quit. No not a whole lot of quit in you, huh? So, my, my question is, and I, Harry, that works for us, used to work at the track in Rio Dose. He's a horse racing guy, and I guess the Kentucky Derby's coming up here pretty quick. He he told me that a horse that was one of the favorites got had to be put down this week. Have you heard this story? I I, I have not, but I've kind of been out of touch with reality because we were up there in Guthrie all, all week working that show. I mean, we did probably 30, 30 horses a day for six days. What straight, are you doing to those horses? 30 to uh, uh, everything doing scopes, checking their airways, uh, had some horses with some belly aches, some cuts got banged up, sore feet. And then a lot of the, the performance type stuff, the injections and things like that. Now, was, was this a says, that says wild, wild on ice was youth euthanized after a workout injury two days ago. No, no, no. A week ago. And he was a fight. Pro- probably, probably a breakdown, something along that lines. What, now this left hind leg, it says on a training. Now, not good. Hmm. That's a, Oh, he had a fracture in his hind leg. Well, could you imagine that? That's oh, you broke your leg. Let's go shoot you. Well, here's my question: as a person that would be greedy in this game, isn't there a way we can keep this horse alive and get some sperm out of him? Uh, yeah, you could. Um, and well, it depends on where the fracture is. If it's high, no. I mean, you could put them in a sling, but the problem is their weight is so heavy that they will founder on the other foot and pretty much essentially founder is where they're because the horse only stands on excuse my french this part of their finger or their or their toe your middle finger that makes up the foot of a horse that little joint right there and so what will happen is they put so much weight on the opposite leg it'll actually rotate and come through the bottom of their foot um 
and so it's just terrible for them, Jeez. terribly painful. Jeez. So my- and so that's and then like if you're gonna plate and screw it, you can plate and screw stuff on some parts of the legs and things like that. But a long bone fracture is real hard because the weight, just the the plates and screws can't support it. So boy, somebody so, lost their ass on that deal then. Yeah, what would a what would a horse like that probably cost? Oh, uh, there's no telling millions. Ooh. Um, but they 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 have them insured a lot of it, like you can insure your house or your car. So, what a, a horse like Secretariat back after he won the race, and they bred him to for years and years and years. How many times will that horse get bred in a year? Well, on the thoroughbred deals, uh, it's live cover. Right. So the, the stud actually has to cover the mare and the quarter horse deal. You can do AI artificial insemination. So you can collect that stud and breed, you know, 20 mares on one collection. So a, a good quarter horse might breed 350 mares a year, but I, I, I don't know a lot about the thoroughbred industry and that, that sort of breeding, but it, it would be very hard for them to breed more than say one a day and generally your breeding season starts in about february and goes till about july so why why is there a difference in how they are inseminated ai versus live cover just the regulations of the breed that's it like the jockey club versus the american quarter horse association and things like that so it's got nothing to do with like semen type or anything it's just the the governing body says this is how you got to do it Correct. It keeps the fraud out probably more. Oh. Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh. And, and too, I would think it would make that cover of that stud, like in the racehorse industry, more valuable because you can't, you can't breed as many to them, obviously, in a year. Right. Right. Yeah, that would make them more valuable. All right. We're, we're, we're whenever gonna... you're, hold on, whenever you're euthanizing a horse, how do you do that? Are they, do they come in the stall standing? Uh, well, on that one, he probably did. Uh, I've had to put some down that's broken their back or things like that that are obviously laying down. Uh, but yeah, the, you you just do it standing and ease them to the ground. Oh, you so you can like ease the, so they're not just fucking just falling over. Like you can ease them on down. Yeah, well, you just support their head. I mean, there there'll be like the shots that we use for euthanasia um, can actually be used for kind of anesthesia and low doses so it's not i mean they just go to sleep right, right. and uh, you can just ease them to the ground like you would and like a general anesthesia like you're going to do surgery on a horse type of deal. and then what you just come in with a forklift to get these animals out of there i guess depends on the location um but yeah uh down here if we put one down and have to to, to haul it off or whatever there there's a company that comes and picks them up and buries them oh, okay I see. They come in and pick them up or cremate them. Is that popular? Whatever. Is that popular now? Because cremation. Um, you know, some people do it. It's a little more costly. It costs about eight, nine hundred bucks to cremate a horse. Um, costs more net to a human. Right, but it. uh, Some people don't want to pay that much, so so they'll just like in a general general burials like couple hundred bucks so dig a hole they'll just bury them okay it's not mm-hmm. like animal house where I'm, they're coming in with the chainsaw no that was that <laughs> is great though <laughs> <laughs> there, there 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 is a place there in bridgeport it's called care center for animal research and education 
that has a bunch of cats that they've rescued and they will take um they will take like if, if you know you have an animal down for whatever reason say it's got cancer or a broken leg or whatever the case may be you can go donate that animal and they'll feed them kind of like on tiger king or whatever that show was mm-hmm. uh donate that animal and they'll feed them to the cats yeah you just have to shoot them you can't give them a shot Whoa. It's, hey that works okay i'm gonna the circle of life i guess we're talking about horses you're yep. a horse guy i've never had yes sir i've never eaten horse but if you go to france horse is a delicacy i've been told would you have trouble yeah they're... no i don't i don't think so they told me one time when we were in i don't know boy scouts back then that we were eating horse chili back before they outlawed it around here so i don't know it tasted the same but Oh, because people are like, I wouldn't eat a horse. What's that? It's no different eating a freaking cow. I mean, it's how a, do you know, Jeff? You think it's not any different? I don't. I don't see what the big issue would be. If you was hungry enough, you'd eat that some bitch. That's the key. People, oh, yeah. people in our country ain't hungry enough. No, that is true. All right, I want to talk about Guthrie, Oklahoma. No. You went up there, and that was a okay. was that that was a barrel racing show. Yeah, it's a big fraternity, a new a new. Uh, well, it's been around three or four years, kind of a new association called the Ruby Buckle, uh, where where you've got some stallions and you, those, the horse has to be bred specifically to the stallions that are entered in this program. Um, they have the pink and the ruby and they're kind of enjoying. There's 150 stallions in this Ruby Buckle deal and every horse that races in it has to be out of one of those stallions. And they put in a bunch of incentive money and things like that. Um I don't remember the numbers they pull paid out, but I don't know. It's probably like 1.2, 1.3 million out of all the races, something like that. And that's the deal, you know, and we, me and my wife, we have a Ruby buckle spot and a pink buckle spot that you pay in each year and things like that. So So does your wife barrel race? Oh yeah. She, she's in my opinion, one of the best. Do you barrel race? No. Well, I did a, how hard can it be race one time, which is where the husbands and the boyfriends ride your wife's horse and do that race and i won it so i decided i retire at the top <laughs> how but, hard can it be but you're not competing against yeah, so, you, so your wife competes on the professional circuit as a as a barrel racer yes sir yes sir well she 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 went and did the rodeo for a couple years made the nfr during 2020 when it was at the the ball stadium there in in dallas uh-huh. uh but she's more of a uh trainer like a maturity trainer where you take the young horses and you start them, take them through the whole process, season them, and run them their their four year old year, four or five year old year. So, all right, I'm that that's I'm skirting the question. I'm going to ask this thing. I I okay. have an issue with men barrel racers. I don't know a man barrel racer. Why I just, do you, Why do you have an issue? I with just it? it's a woman's sport, and women should do it. It shouldn't be a man's sport. Men shouldn't compete. It's why? Tra- I just don't like it. Should they not compete with? I would figure the, the they could weight, have a men's division. I wouldn't have a problem at all with that. But I would figure the weight disparity would make the women more deadly at this than the man. I mean, are you thinking that Actually, a man's yeah. got a, a faster horse just because he's a man? Don, this is to you now. Mm-hmm. You tell me what's the difference between the men barrel racers between the, them and the women. Women barrel racers, and a lot of times the guys are stronger. And if you'll talk to, uh, so one one. One of the all-time best jockeys, they call him jockeys, trainers, is Troy Crumrun. Uh, he's from Ohio. Super nice guy. Likes to hunt, fish, all that stuff like us. 
but I mean, he he he's won everything there is to be won, and probably arguably one of the best jockeys. And I I don't know if it's the strength, the core, or whatever that that he's had. I mean, he's I don't even know how old Troy is now. Um, you know, it, you get it, I guess, in in both worlds. But it is traditionally traditionally out here where we live, it is more of a woman's sport, I guess you could say. Oh, it is. Uh, you'll see way more. Women then out east, where there, there's a lot of, a lot of men that that train, raise, train, breed, sell all these all these barrel horses. Um, so I, I don't I don't know if one has advantage over the other, uh, but why don't I guess why do. don't they have just a men's division? Then that's my deal. The first time yeah, I do. saw it, I was watching the American, well, and I saw a man racing with the women. I thought, I bet they make fun of his ass in the locker room. Uh, they, they, they do in the WPRA, the women's professional rodeo association. So that's why you never see them at the, like the national finals rodeo and all that stuff. But the, the, uh, the, the barrel racing aspect of it is, I think it's put on by the, it, it's by a whole completely different association. It'd be like the world series of team roping or something like that, where any man, woman, everybody can compete in that. And that's the same way the barrel race is, is except for the professional rodeo. So they don't have a men's barrel race at like the rodeos, like the, See, I'm putting you in a tough spot what and, 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 and I'm, and I'm not meaning to, but this is my thoughts on this. And I am just a fucking old redneck probably. I don't know, hypocrite, but never I been on a horse. Not very many of them, other than you put a quarter in them at a damn amusement park or some shit. I don't <laughs> think I, this is the way I look at it. I look at it the same way I do with these transgender people competing in swimming and everything else. I think these men couldn't compete in rodeo doing something else. They thought hmm, we're going to barrel race. Not saying barrel racing's easy because it's not, but a man is stronger, and I think he has an advantage on the deal. That's my thoughts on the deal. What's you it, tell no, me no, your thoughts, on. Andy. What's the advantage? He's stronger. That makes a big damn difference riding a fucking horse. How does that make a difference, doctor? He just told you they're stronger, but they they are, they are stronger a lot of times. Well, how does that how does that compute you know, most, uh, an advantage on a horse? Well, to be able to pull those horses around and go around oh. the barrel. But that there, there's also a technique to it. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I can't ride. Shoot, I can't ride a snappy stick horse <laughs> a lot of times. So I, I wanted to be talking, but uh, they. I don't know if it's an advantage because they still have to train the horse, especially in those maturity worlds. So a lot of it is on your horsepower and and things like that um, as well. But I don't know. I got to imagine a lot of times that horse can pretty much run it himself. It's been trained so many times. It's done the, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, those, those older season horses that you see, like at the rodeos and TV and things like that. Yeah, a lot of them probably do it in their sleep now. The thing that we were at this weekend, yeah, they have an open division where any age horse can perform in it. But those fraturities and derbies are are greener horses, ones that are just just starting their career, um, and, and so they they're they they may have a great spectacular day one day, and the next day, I mean, they they might they might run smooth off. You you never know. It's just babies. Right. You know what I mean? It's like a young like a young hunt dog. They may do great that day, and then the next day, you're like, hey birds out right. there you know oh, let's i'm, gonna, go. I'm gonna ask andy a question now yeah. so you're telling me that you think that a man is okay should be able to compete in women's barrel racing 
That's a yes or no question. There's no in-betweens. Do you think it's... You, you just said it right there. In women's barrel racing. Okay, do you think they should be competing against women in barrel racing? I don't, I don't care. That's yeah, You're so full of <laughs> I shit. I don't care what they do. Yeah, you're the reason why Bud Lights went over now. So. Barrel racing. Barrel racing is your line. That is a woman's sport. If it says women's barrel racing, then yes, I'm going to say they should not compete against women in women's barrel racing. But if it's just open competition... Are you pulling for the guy in that event or the girls? Uh, fuck manpower, Jeff. Oh, bullshit. Manpower. I, I, Listen, I, I think it was about when it first started, like when the fraternities first started, it was about 50-50, uh, you know, uh, back then, because a lot of those guys, like, raised those horses, trained those horses, and it was all about horsepower and horsemanship and things like that. And then, like, the professional rodeo picked up the women's barrel racing versus it's – they're really two – two separate entities like that American deal is, is not really the same organization as the WPRA. So that's, that's where you won't see a guy at the NFR running. Thank God. Andy, Andy, all for Andy's all for Miss America having a penis now. I guess I'm all for, I'm all for men doing every, I'm all for men doing a woman's job better than a woman. That's what I'm better for. Well, that's, if, any, if, if we've shown women anything, it's that, by God, we can be a woman better than they ever thought that they could. I hope some rodeo two queen years, comes two in years here and beats in a your row, ass. Two years in a row, <laughs> woman of the year has gone to a man. Yeah, that's so. the stupidest shit ever, too. <laughs> but you need to do one with my wife. She can better explain the racing part. I just kind of docked her right. horses. Okay, Our, your, your, your job is very interesting. What's do you do surgery on horses? I mean, do you do like uh, big time surgery on horses, or is there a guy that does just that kind of stuff, or do you do everything? I I, I send them off now. I I used to do some colic surgeries and things like I do. I still do some surgeries that I can knock a horse out and get it done in thirty forty five minutes. Uh, just and I don't have the staff and all that stuff to do them anymore. Um, I never did arthroscopies or anything like that. We always referred them out. Uh, but there, there's guys that do a really good job. Uh, the guy I send a lot, lot of like orthopedic surgeries to is Cliff Honest down in College Station. Um, terrific guy does a great job of that, and so um, I, I trust him completely. So I, I send a lot of those surgeries down there, like emergency type stuff. I kind of leave it up to the client where they want to go if they come in here, and I give them options to go that are that are relatively close, but like castrations neurectomies uh hernia surgeries and obviously lacerations and things like that we'll do here you've got a picture of a badger on your website what the hell did you do to a badger oh that's that's my wife's pet what like oh yeah like lives we in the house to... oh he used to but he tore up a bunch of shit so he got <laughs> no shit uh, what he no, he... are you fucking got... with us or you seriously had a badger living in your house Oh, here. Let me see. Can you, if I pull up a TikTok on my phone, you can see uh, it. If you yeah. put it to the camera, yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. This is the badass. Look All at right. it. It's cute as a button right here. Let's see here. I mean, it really is. So this badger will load. Hey, this badger will load in the truck and everything. Like he was in Guthrie all weekend in the trailer. Oh, so y'all still have this? Badger. Lead oh yeah. Straight pet. I built him a 12 by 12 badger mansion at my in our backyard. When you come hunting this year, you need to bring this up here to see. I want to see this thing. Oh, I can't. He's mean as hell to work. Okay. I can't. 
<laughs> but you, he likes, you, he likes he barrel built, racers. You built this mean ass oh, yeah, mansion. He yeah, he he uh, he bit the shit out of Peyton. You know my boy yeah. that came hunting with us. Oh yeah, he's just walking by and he is tied out and he's got like holes and stuff dug. And uh, he uh, hold on, you can hear that. Let me this down. That's her singing happy birthday to this badger. She likes a badger more than she does you. Is is he at least nice? Probably. Look at that. That is crazy. Oh no. Is that that's her finger? Yeah, that's her finger right there. And that was when was that? A month ago? Yeah, April fifth. No, April fifth was, was his birthday. Isn't that shit crazy? But he'll bite your ass if you did that. So so he Oh yeah, he'd bite the shit out of you. He likes your he likes your wife. Hates you. Oh yeah. Hey, how did how did hey, they how did they form this bond to where he likes her? She's had she's had him since he was a little baby. Hold on, I'll find this one when he was a little bitty. Oh god, just a little furball. Just a little bitty. Look at him walking with all the dogs. <laughs> did Jack Russell don't Jack with him? No, no, no. There, if I can find one, uh, we had a dog kill a chicken, and I tied that chicken to the dog's neck, and. Uh, he dug that, drug that chicken in the hole with that dog still attached to it. <laughs> I mean, it's some funny shit. I, I'm telling you. So, hey, this badger eats better than most people. I'm telling you. So he burrs up in your backyard. Yeah, in his cage. I built him like it's got a swimming pool, like floor in it, all concrete floor. And uh, I'm trying to get the picture of him loading in the truck here. That's a. In the AC. That's a lot of resources for an animal that doesn't like so you. So people aren't coming up and petting this thing other than her. No, no. And if she lets a bunch of people pet him, he'll bite the shit out of her because <laughs> he gets tired of being jacked with. <laughs> that is crazy. I've the, the, watch that. Just load right up. See him load in the truck. Oh, there he goes. Right that on in there. Nuts. And where does he sit in the truck? Yeah, he just get on the back floorboard, and just nobody mess with him, and he'll you'll be fine. Nobody mess. How, what's the hey. what, what's the, the life badger. expectancy on one of these? Like probably fifteen years. Oh, no. So like a, just like a dog. How old is he now? Two. Oh, you no. got thirteen years of some bitch whipping your ass. Thirteen years with him. Years left. Hey, we got a kinkachu too, and they live thirty what's that? years. A Pikachu? It's like a kinkachu. Pikachu's a Pokemon. What's, what's that fucking thing we had that time? Uh, it was from chinchilla. The, a chinchilla. What's a Pikachu do? Pikachu. It's like a, it's a South American. It's like related to a raccoon. Kind of looks like a lemur. Uh, I'm sure I got a picture of that too. Do they tear up too, shit too? I don't. Uh, you will. I got a scar on my. No, that's from the badger right there. I've got a scar. I I uh, that badger got out and ate my rubber piece off my night vision scope. Ooh. And and uh. I went to go shoot it and didn't pay any attention. And, you know, you can see <laughs> night vision back to that far. Let's go by Boom. And just split me right there. <laughs> oh, because of the badger. So I just stapled it shut. Oh. What's the weirdest shit you've ever had to work on as a vet? Badger. <laughs> um, Weirdest. I, I used to do a, a, a lot of stuff in the Humane Society. And I mean, I, I worked on some potbelly pigs and they're kind of weird um, critters messing with them. And so are the alpacas. But uh, despite, I, I really just do mainly horses. That's 
anymore. So I don't, I don't, I don't run into a bunch of weird stuff other than some bad cuts and things like what that. What about a zebra? They're mean as hell. I've never had to work on a zebra. They are mean. I guess I got it. They I are mean. Got to be dealing with lions and shit. Yeah. I mean, mean, they're basically like anatomically, they're just a horse, right? Yeah, like a donkey. Oh, like a donkey. Pretty much. No, some bitches are mean too. That's where they get it from. It's that fucking attitude. Did you have to do snakes and stuff when you were in college? Reptiles? No, they had that. That was like an elective class. I wouldn't do that. I I, Yeah, we got a snake in the house. We have a chinchilla too. You've got a snake? What kind of snake do you have? Uh, One of those little pythons about two foot long. I mean, we got all kinds of stuff. My my wife loves animals and I don't really care. So we just got Is the snake in a cage? Oh, yeah, fish cram. Hey, he got out. He got out. Oh, it's probably been a month ago. We're asleep. My son comes in the room. He says, hey, Dad, there's a critter in my closet. Mm. And so I said, here, take this flashlight and go figure out what it is. I didn't even get up, right? And uh, and he goes in there, and it was that snake had got out of his fish aquarium and crawling out of one of his boots in his closet when he opened that door that morning. I would have been out on that probably. How big is he? Two snake. foot. You said two, two foot? foot? Uh, two foot. That's yeah. still too big. I don't like snakes. I don't like reptiles, lizards, Komodo dragons, the whole reptile The thing badger I'm would be a on. cool freaking deal. Except that would be cool as shit. Eating your face I, off. Yeah, he is. He is cool. Other than, I mean, he's like when he was little or younger and liked me a little bit more than he does now. He used to stay in one of those lucky dog mm-hmm. dog kennels, you know, and I would just lock him in the house and then he figured out how to get out of it. And then you'd be laying asleep in the middle of the night and he'd be crawling in bed. <laughs> That's when he got out. When I, are they i've never really seen them in the wild i mean you see flashes of them are they is he quick is he fast or is he just ferocious uh he's he's ferocious and then just stout oh they are they are stout they'll get low to ground oh super what's he weigh 20 pounds Uh, probably 25 to 30 he's a fat now i've always heard that they can kind of like rotate in their skin so like even if you have them by the back like the scruff of his neck like he can still maneuver and get you yeah because he, he i mean they got a lot of that skin so yeah i mean I, I don't know that he can rotate all the way around but he can still swing i saw a guy grab one the other day someone had it walked and it was backwards and not paying attention guy grabbed it by the neck i thought you're gonna do that one time too many and they're gonna be calling you stump yeah they what, remind yeah, me a lot I, of the wolverine I, I think, I mean, they say for pound per pound, they're one of the, the, the meanest animals in the U.S. I, I, I mean, he, he'll buy you. What's his I, diet? What do you give him to eat? Human beans? Oh, man. Anything? That thing eats better than most people. I'll cook steaks or hamburgers, you know. You'll finish eating, and then an hour or two later, it'll go by, and you're like, I'm going to give me a, another piece. And I'll go in there, and she'll be she'll fed it to oh, the really? badger. So he, he he's... Yeah, he likes me. He likes pasta and potatoes, though, probably as much as anything. We found out my dog likes asparagus yesterday. Yeah. We, uh, we cooked, really? I cooked some Wagyu beef, which was very good, and um, I cooked some steaks, and I did asparagus and sweet potatoes. The whole meal, and we're outside, and the, the grandkids, everybody's playing kickball, and came in, and Ollie had gotten into everything, and the only thing he ate was fucking asparagus. Absolutely shocked. Yeah. Sure. I, I don't know if he... I don't know if he was scared to death if he ate a steak, Michelle would have killed him, but... She was not happy with him anyways. 
Yeah. But he ate yeah. asparagus. That just kind of surprised me. Well, uh, what else? You've got a... <laughs> what kind, what's the weirdest animal you've had? Uh, that's got to be it. A freaking, is it. Have you ever had a raccoon? Yeah, we had a raccoon. Uh, he lived in... He was destructive, too. <laughs> he was pretty cool. And that, a lot of my scars on my hands are from that raccoon. Uh, but I don't... We we got toward you know we released him outside when he got bigger and stuff and then in that winter storm a couple years ago he just never came back home I don't know what happened to him there but uh, you know he'd stay out for a couple of days and then come back and then he just finally never came back so did you ever have a pet bobcat No I never have uh, my wife she wants one but uh, I we've never had one of those had some deer. They would make a cool pet. I'd advise against the bobcat. I tried that; it didn't work very well. Do uh, do you give your badger? Do you do you like give him medicine like you would a dog? I mean, had to give him like rabies shots uh, or something, didn't you? Yeah, you got rabies shots and stuff like that. But that's about that's about it. What what about like grooming him, or does he pretty well just groom himself? Uh he's got like a little swimming pool in his deal. A lot so. of the fur comes off. I mean, do they shed like a dog? Uh, yeah, they'll blow their coats like that a couple times a year. Grow that new coat, but he, he's in and out of that sand all the time. So I just think it it he probably takes all that dead hair off, right? And then he he'll in the in the summer he'll get in the swimming pool. He's a cutie pie for sure. Yeah, no shit. I want to ask you about ivermectin as a veterinarian. Yeah, I get people all mm-hmm. the time that oh, that's just horse or dog medicine or whatever they called it. Except- Ivermectin was made for human beings at first. In Sub-Saharan Africa, right? Oh, yeah. It won a Nobel Peace Prize. I don't know where it's made. Yeah, they they it, it's it's a deworming drug, which it has a bunch of other properties. When COVID hit, my dad got it and uh I, I got some for him and some other medicines and stuff and sent it to him. So. That's what I took when I got COVID and I felt better six hours later. I'm sure we get kicked off everything for saying this, yeah. but I mean it, it worked really good. The, the properties between human medicine and dog medicine, there's not a lot of difference, is there? Because my dad raised hunting dogs, so I grew up taking amoxicillin all the time instead of penicillin. Yeah, there's 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 not much difference at all, really, in a lot of the drugs. Now, some certain breeds of animals they can't they can't tolerate certain classes of drugs for whatever reason, um, but as a whole it's it, it it's very similar in the in the medications because you only got so many medications that'll kill so many bacteria or what have you and, and do it effectively so it's just got to be safe for those animals and things like this that this new this new medicine or not medicine this new dope these kids are taking on the street this trank trank it's a cross between fentanyl and i think ketamine maybe is that is that the horse tranquilizer no. Well, yeah, well, it's an anesthesia agent that they use. Yeah, we use it in veterinary medicine, and, and they use it in people medicine. That's what, when I got my wisdom teeth pulled, that's what they, they put me under anesthesia with was ketamine. This is so. analgesia? Mm-hmm. Or, or, hold on, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Xylazine. Xylazine, yeah, that's a train. Xylazine and fentanyl is what they're mixing. Yeah, and that's not a good combination. They say that Narcan won't help it at all, so we're going to lose a lot of dope heads probably off this deal. Yeah, you you just got to flush your system, I would think, you know. Uh, which in, in the horses, Zalazine, you know, you get the effect about 15 to uh, 30 minutes, depending on how much you give. So it's not real long acting, 
no, but it is very effective. So how 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 much xylazine are you? What's a horse weigh? Fifteen hundred pounds? Thousand pounds? Uh, thousand to fifteen hundred, depending on the horse. A lot of times. Um, so I give them. Well, it depends on what I'm doing with them, but anywhere from one to three cc's. And that'll knock a thousand pound horse out for thirty minutes, right? Yeah. Well, they're not out cold. They're still standing. They're still alert, but they just don't care. You know, uh, so t- sedated. They're heavily sedated. So if so, if a human being takes one cc of this shit, it's going to kill them probably. It very well could. Very and well then to could. mix it with fentanyl, which just a pin drop of it yeah. can kill you. Yeah. Well, we we are getting stupid. (laughs) Society is stupider and stupider all the time. What, uh, when a cat comes in and, uh, do you like doing cats? Because I've seen some videos on TikTok. They're mean as shit. I have never done a cat. Never? Since I've been those fun since I've been, even the gloves that the people wear, like it seems like the cat gloves. Yeah. With like Kevlar on top of like, I, you couldn't they they were just trying to give a cat a shot in the ass a couple of days ago and like it was freaking out and like he finally i had to choke that bitch is, out is dr bomer still practicing in wichita uh i i couldn't my, tell you i i don't I know help, I, i'm bad about living in my own world i right helped mike and and he operated on a cat and that was my job was to fucking hold a cat down while they fucking cut the balls off of it let me tell you something a 15 pound yeah. tomcat might as well weigh 375 pounds and be on fucking cocaine. It's almost impossible. Oh yeah. That's that's and that, we didn't have no of them damn gloves when I helped him. How'd you do it? I had my fucking hands. No. Yes, I'm you telling you. I swear to you, yes. No. Bullshit. Jeff. Yeah, until they get that fucking mask on his mouth and he goes out, it's a fucking fight. <laughs> and the claws? But fuck, they don't fucking just leave him in. Hell yeah. <laughs> You got to grab him by the back yes. of the neck and right above the above yep. the hips and hold him right and there. And it's a, it's a like fucking that. fight. My grandma, she uh, she declawed her own cat. That's a tough woman. And didn't didn't <laughs> yeah. see the cat for like a week after. Like it was holding a grudge. <laughs> yeah, the cats are not civil. Like let's let's just you know a dog. They've we've we've civilized them. Cats, there's no taming a cat. Like it's it's not- always going to have that wild instinct. It, yeah, they, they, they. If they come by you, it's because they want to, not because they you make them. That is for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Whenever you, uh, whenever you first uh, started this, w- was it hard to tell somebody that hey, we might need to put your beloved animal down? Yeah, it, it was uh, real hard, and you know. It, it's not it's not so much hard to make that decision that it's the best decision for the animal uh but it's a lot harder telling the people when they really care about it that hey look guys there's nothing that you're going to do that's going to help this and so you know that 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 crushes that crushes people and i i don't necessarily like being a dream crusher but right. uh Sometimes that's what you feel like when well, you do that. Horses, not, not so much to the animal, but to the people, because you know you're doing right by the animal, but it's the people's feelings that you hurt. That, yeah, the, the horse people are kind of divided between two groups. You got the people that love their horses that are horse people, and then you got the people that are an investment deal on an, on an outstanding horse. You know, some people. Oh yeah, 
But like a family horse, that could live to be 30 years old, right? Don't they live? Oh, easy, easy, easy. You know, and that was the hardest part about a small animal, you know, because when I was in vet school, I, I, when we had to do all the, the small animal stuff, like I say, I don't do any of it now, but you know, people would come in, their dog would have cancer or whatever, and we'd give them all these options and it would be, you know, you knew these people did not have the money, but they were willing to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to save their animal for six more months. And I had a real hard time with that, you know, knowing that no matter what we did, it really wasn't going to change the outcome, but it was going to charge all these people. I can make a rational decision. I tell them it's going to be this X amount of dollars. This horse is worth this much money or this cow is worth this much money. And well, you do it based on, you know, business. And so I, I had a lot easier time with that instead of the small animal where emotions were involved and, and to a degree you felt like you're kind of not really taking advantage of them, but I just didn't feel comfortable like right. that. So, so when so when you're and so in your line of veterinary, uh, there's more of a business sense to what what we should do with this animal, rather than foofy the dog and like let's kick the can down the road for six months. Yeah, uh, you know I'd say it's about seventy five eighty percent business, and then you know you get that that twenty twenty five percent that it that is emotional. Uh, you know, and they're, they, they're, they're pets. And, and I mean, I'm not saying that people that do horses for business don't love their animals like they're pets because they really do. I know my wife does and, and ours is a business deal too. But I mean, anytime we, we lose one or have to put one down, I mean, it just crushes her. Um, but there, there's at least some sort of structure that, you, you right. know, you got some value, yeah. you know, everybody loves their animals. Don't get me wrong. Right. Right. More people probably love their animals more than they love their neighbor. If the truth be told, well, I, I heard something one time that, um, if, if your if your animal gets put on a prescription, you are more likely to follow that prescription to the T than you are. Like if you had a prescription, so like if you're, if you're supposed to take antibiotics twice a day or whatever, like, you know, for two weeks, you kind of start dicking around at day three, but like with your animal, they're more likely to get, I guess they're more likely to get their prescription refilled for the animal if they're supposed to, rather than not themselves. So people, people. Do oh yeah. I, I can see that. I can see that. Absolutely. People go crazy. And then, you know, I, I've got, a, my dog is 10 and like we had a conversation. Was it last week or two weeks ago? That what? Oh, how much would we spend on our dog? Who were we talking to? We were talking about someone that we were with. Had Somebody a had a, a young dog, like a two or three year old dog, and they were like a what a ten thousand dollar vet bill. It, it, the stomach was turning. They had get twisted its gut, and they didn't think they could do nothing for it. And That's they, right. They had already given it medicine. It was Corey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, he had uh, he had swallowed a sock, and something was going on with his gut. But he had done it when he was a puppy, so now he's pretty susceptible to it. But like. You got, you know, for me having a 10 year old dog, a $10,000 vet bill is like, well, you know, let's explore other options. But to a two year old dog, yeah, you know, it's an interesting conversation to have with people based off of their age. Yeah, uh, it, it, it does. It does. Um, 
And I, I don't know. I think it's one of those deals that you don't ever know until you're put in that situation what you'll do or how much you're willing to spend. Uh, you know, my father-in-law had a, a, a really good dog, a, a wiener dog that had some disc problems, and he, he probably he spent quite a bit fixing it. And he, and he was an older dog, too. But, I mean, he loved that little dog. So, I mean, I don't know. What you going to yeah. do? I mean. I'm putting Ollie to some sleep. Of it, some of it. Jeff's putting his dog down. <laughs> To some people, they're like kids. Yeah, what's the what's the main thing that'll kill a horse when it does? Is it cancer? No, uh, like acutely, like colic, a bad stomach ache. The way a horse's GI tract is designed, um, man, it the weather can change it, feed can change it, and stuff like that. And they call it colic. It, it can be a bad deal and can kill a horse. Uh, obviously you got your pneumonias can kill horses. Um, but a lot of times cancer is a factor, but it's a lot less of a factor than what you'd think. Old age, no teeth, can't eat. And they just kind of wither away. I'm assuming your business is either based on an emergency call or people that make appointments a long way. You just don't have the average guy just taking his horse to the vet every day. Uh, yeah. Yeah, most everybody that brings them compete on them for the most part. Like you say, you, you mo- most of the horses that are like family horses and they ride and stuff, you know, obviously you get your vaccines done and your, your worming and your teeth work done, your dental's done each year. But the, the majority that I see is, is performance horses that, that people are bringing in on a daily basis. And then obviously you do the emergency stuff, cuts, colics. Things like they, that. they will eat your ass too. How many times have you been bit by a horse? Man, I got bit. Probably the worst I've ever got bit. Didn't even hardly leave a mark. I get bit on my thumb. Oof. Um, after I I just castrated that horse, so I guess it was his way of paying <laughs> me back. <laughs> I, I castrated him and I pulled his wolf teeth, and uh, he was trying to get up before he was ready to stand up out of that anesthesia and I was trying to hold his head down so he'd get up better and he clamped in between my thumb like that. That, that That's probably the worst I've ever been bit. Uh, I've been bit on the leg, oh, the shit. arm, and shoulder, things like that. But that being bit on that knuckle joint of my thumb was the most painful one, I'm pretty you sure. You ever seen the video of the camel jockey guy and the camel grabs him by his freaking head and flings him? Yeah. Or that guy that's branding that horse in those stocks and he gets kicked and just disappears out of the frame. <laughs> they say that's what I look like this week, but I don't know. I don't remember. It, so. What uh, what provokes a horse to, to kick? Because I'd always heard growing up, like, you know, don't walk around the back of it. Do they just not, do they have a sense that something's back there? Or is it like oh, well, with this one, like he'd obviously fear. you'd been poking him. Right, but I don't think he kicked me. He 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 was scared of something. Most, you know, I mean, most for the most part, they're not necessarily aggressive animals. They they're fight or flight, and most of the time, a horse would rather run run away than fight. And so they're just trying to get a, away from the situation. Now, I mean, you get some assholes for sure that that will try to hurt you, but the majority of them, it's a fear response or scared response. Um, but that, that, that's for the I don't most know part. how I'd rather a horse attack me kicking me with his back legs or like rearing up, like you said, and like boxing me. 
<laughs> yeah, like kangaroo. Yeah. Um, like I don't know what would be worse. I don't know. Neither, neither one of them's good. I know. No that. shit. Who was it that died uh, in the in the in the cattle pond? The horse pawed him basically. Oh, it was the guy that was the original Marlboro man from out here, Big and Bradley. He had a horse that fell in the pond. Yeah, and they 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 assumed that. And they they went in together though, didn't they? Yeah, they found, but they found the. I think the horse came out. The horse came out, and I guess the horse was pawing and knocked him unconscious, and he basically just drowned. But he was the original. He was the original Marlboro man, Big and Bradley, from these parts here. That's another shitty way to go. I mean, they're they're big animals. You, you there's all always a lot of horse accidents, horse accidents, farming accidents. It's kind of a. How are they? You you said you do a lot of cuts. What are they just like? Run into barbed wire and then get sliced open that way? Yeah, barbed wire, tin, uh, you know, just things like that. Sticks jumped over fences. Uh, they're just they don't have very much self preservation. Like say they get scared about something and right. you know, I we had a set we had a couple coyotes which I shot one of them, run, run a set of colts through the fence, cut them up pretty good and broke one's leg. Uh, I don't know, it's been several years ago. But, uh, I mean, that stuff like that, you know, and they get, get in the fence and get cut up. How, how'd you end up in Sunset, Texas? How'd I end up here? Well, I grew up in Perrin, Perrin, America, over there. Uh, went and did my school at Oklahoma. I went and played a little ball in Ada, Oklahoma, and then transferred to Oklahoma State, where I went to vet school. And then and, uh, I worked at a clinic here in Decatur. Uh, and then, I don't know, found some land up here in Sunset. And I worked out of my truck for three or four years, just kind of and out of the barn at the house. And then this land right here on 287 came open, and we bought it. And just ended up here. Like the, I like That's a the pretty area. area up there. It's it's the methamphetamine capital of the world, I think, it, that Montague up there. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. For well, sure. Lock up your xylazine. It's a beautiful, beautiful area. area <laughs> when we used to work out of the barn at the house, um, it, when you come down our road, we live about two miles back in there, and uh, there was this – I mean, pretty. It looked like a crack house trailer house <laughs> on the corner there. That's what everybody thought they were going down when they come to the house. It's all dirt road and everything at the barn, and uh, they've since moved that trailer out and cleaned it up. But it, it used to look pretty bad. <laughs> I got a buddy of mine that bought a place over there. He owns about a hundred acres and built him a place, and that's where he goes all the time. He loves it. When you're uh, it, when you castrate the horse, what do you you just do? You, you do we knock them out or we just kind of sedate them? No, I knock them all the way out with that. I'll use the the xylazine and ketamine, and they'll be unconscious pretty much. You got about 15, 20 minutes. How how fast can you do it in? Faster in fifteen or twenty <laughs> minutes. It's a bad deal. <laughs> uh, uh, well, you uh, you want to clamp them? You put those clamp those emasculators to stop the bleeding, and, and you hold those on there about two minutes on each side on each one. So about five minutes. Okay. So, so because I've always, you know, I've seen the, uh, the, the, the bulls get castrated and it's just a type thing. So oh, yeah. the horses, you, you have to stop the bleat, which I guess you could with the cows too, but West Texas Cowboys don't really care. Axel grease. Don't really care. Yeah. I no, I worked on the stock of cattle operation all through high school and 
you know, you cut 400 a day, but you just strip them all the way on those cattle and they don't bleed that much. Uh, those horses that you just don't pull that cord all the way out. Like you do on a, on a cow. Why don't you have to do that? Uh, I don't know. I honestly do not know why you don't do it on horses. Probably so they don't uh, have a scrotal, her scrotal hernia. Like you kind of crimp all that and seal that uh, inguinal ring up so you don't have to worry about a hernia. The cattle's GI tract's a little, little different. Uh, I think they're less prone to that than horses could be if you just pulled that whole cord and everything out. And then um, stitch them up after? No, you don't stitch them up. You, you let it drain because, I mean, they're still going to drip blood and everything like that, and you just kind of want it to heal from the inside out. If not, you'll get a lot of swelling and things. Are they pissy the next couple of days? Like you know, their temperament once they've been cut? <laughs> no, they're not too pissy. They're pretty damn sore. They don't want to move around <laughs> a whole lot. So, especially if you got one that's got a bad attitude, it normally helps their attitude for a little bit. Do you? Because that's one thing with dogs. Like they say, if you cut them, you know, weight gain and more docile animal. Do you notice that with the horses? Um. You know, there's a lot of old wise tales, you know, if you cut them when they're younger, they say they'll get taller and things like that. Uh, we try to cut all ours about two when they turn two is when I actually I've got about four or five that I need to do that I've been supposed to do and just haven't got to it of our own. So it's a whole production. It sounds like having to bring them in. You know, you're not just running them through a chute like you do a cow and clipping their nuts. Yeah, well, like at the house and stuff, I'll just lay them out there down on the grass, just knock them out on the grass and do it there. Imagine off. being his neighbor yeah. driving by. What the hell's he doing over there? <laughs> yeah. What, what? I'm sure people see that at the clinic when we got him laid out in the grass in the back of the clinic. <laughs> Killed another one. What What yeah. do their nuts look like? Is it similar to a cow? <laughs> well, I've, had, I've had cow fries. Yeah, pretty much. Would you ever have horse fries? Yeah, it's pretty much the same. I don't know. I don't know if I'd have them after I sedate them. You might get a little sleepy. <laughs> Calf fries are not that bad. Like I, you know, well, but they're, no, they're pretty yeah, good, but they're not sedating them. Huh? A cow is a meat source. Nobody gives two shits about a cow. I know. We'll eat the nuts and everything out of it. That's right. Do you work on cows too, or just horses? Mainly just horses. I, I've, I've, I've helped some buddies out and stuff with some cows. If I thought I could do it, uh, you know, it's one of those things. If you don't do it all the time, you lose it. So I, a lot of that information, I didn't didn't retain because I don't do it on the regular basis. I'd have to go back up and read on on some stuff. But uh, I, I've got an associate vet that he does a lot of cows here, uh, and so he 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 does some cow work. Let's be let's be honest here. Doctor Lee's a smart guy. The money's in the horses. Money's in the horses. That's where the money's at. See, that's, <laughs> he's smiling right there. Mm -hmm. Money is, and, and and the cats and dogs. What's the gestation period on a horse? Eleven months. Oh oh wow, that long, huh? And then whenever she gives birth, like how long does it take this horse to stand up? Are they kind of like a baby deer where it takes a minute or are they up and at them? Uh, they, they should stand within an hour or two. Uh, but the, the, like, you know how a cow could be in labor for four or five yeah. hours. Uh, horse is going to happen in about 30 minutes or you got a problem. Why? Just because it's such a long lanky animal. I just, I think so, and I mean that's they that's what they you, they should have it in thirty minutes from start to finish. It should be about thirty minutes. And then when they come out, how do they come out? Like all, all of their hooves are kind of like pinched towards the head. Yep, head, feet first, first, and head first. 
It it's what? Go again. Your feet and head. Yeah, like all that, four feet know. will come out. No, no, the front two and the head, and then the back. They'll just drag out. out. The back feet will drag out. Yeah. And is she mm -hmm. standing when she does this, or do they lay down? Most of them are laid down. Yeah, most of them That'd lay down. A fall. What's a cult way when they're born? Uh, depends on the breed. Uh, you know, you get some of those small cutting horses. They may only weigh 40, 50 pounds. Some of the bigger quarter horses, 70, 80. So it's not an easy task. Uh, no, not for no, her. So if, if you go over the 30 minutes, then what are you having to do? Like pull them like you would a cow? Yeah, you had to pull them. Uh, you know, if they're breached or something, you have to push them back in and kind of situate what needs to come out first. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously then you have the C-sections. C-sections on a horse is, is not easy like a cow. I mean, you'll have to. We had one, uh, the very first mare that we had uh, full this year, uh, she she was breached and couldn't get the baby out and and – so I, I knocked her out, and but she had prolapsed rectum, tore rectum. I was going to have to put her down anyway because that was, I mean, she had so much infection inside of her, she wasn't going to make it. And so I did that and then cut open the mare and then pulled the baby out, but the baby was already dead oh. too. So. Oh, that sucks. She already had infections? Yeah. Well, she would go into because of where she ripped her oh. colon. So like a horse can't handle a lot of infection inside of them like you know a cow and yum you could have a cow with a hole in its side walking around for a week and they're more than likely going to be okay really a horse they just they they won't make it with like that they won't they won't survive that nine times out of ten what a, when you when you do a, a c-section on a horse i mean is that is that kind of the recovery on that because i mean I got to imagine with the amount of torque and horsepower that they have that a lot of the sutures are going to pop loose. Uh, you'd be surprised. The C-section on a horse will be about like a, like a colic surgery when you have to go in there and fix their guts and stuff. Uh, but full recovery, 60 days or something like that. And then what do, you, what do you do with them? Just keep them in like a stall to where they can't really run around and muck about? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hmm. Horses are a lot of fucking work, man. They are, oh, yeah, but they're pretty cool animals. Really. So then, so. when they, if you'll have if they're if they're well, you said if they're breached, you'll push them back in and then reposition them, and then that's yes, all sir. by feel. Yes, oh. couldn't do it. Couldn't. That's why you're getting the big bucks uh, yeah. up for this. Well, I don't. I, I don't. I don't do me personally. I don't do much of that either. I. uh I mean, on an emergency situation, I will, but most of most of what I do is the the performance medicine, like the injections and things like that, make those horses compete better. What? Uh, so, what's peak age for a horse that's competing competing in these? I mean, is it? Can you get a decade out of them? Oh yeah, yeah, you you really can. Uh, it depends on the like the maturity level of the horse and their their mentality. I mean, anywhere from six to 16 a lot of those horses can still be at pretty peak performance levels you know um and then you get both sides of the spectrum plus that plus or minus a couple years e either way but that's i would say that's it ideally you know eight to eight to twelve 
you know, it's a lot what a lot of people consider prime, but those horses taken care of, no injuries and things like that, they they can they can compete well. A lot of a lot of the like especially like the rope horses and things like that, dog and horses that you'll see at the finals, they'll they'll have age. They'll be fifteen plus, mm-hmm. some in their twenties. Well, um, the jumping horses, do they, is it pretty common for them to break a leg? The ones that jump over all the shit? You know, I don't, I, I don't see very many of those. Um, so I would be lying to you if I told you one way or the other. Um, I, I know those horses, a lot of those horses, they don't start till they're older. Mm-hmm. Uh, so their bones are a little harder and more developed. Um, but I, I, I could see them having issues, ligaments and tendons, joints, even break legs. But I just don't I don't see very many of them out here in Sunset America. Whenever uh, I mean, are we getting to the point now to where like we can pretty much uh, fix anything on a horse other than like a broken leg, like competing wise, like you can pretty much there's medicine out there to dope them up and get them ready to, to go again. Um, well, so we'll do a bunch of like regenerative medicine, stem cells. Uh, PRP, IRAP, things like that on horses uh, for joint injuries and ligament and tendon injuries. Um, but no, I mean there's there's bad enough injuries that you you can't you, they just don't repair. So like on a like with uh, stem cells, how does that work? You just like say what what would be a common injury? Like do they have like an equivalent of an ACL tear in their knee? Uh, exact same thing, ACL tear, meniscal tear a big cartilage defect. And so what I'll do is I'll pull the bone marrow uh, from like their sternum and pull 60 cc's of bone marrow, send it in, get it, get the stem cells derived. Uh, and then it takes about two weeks to get it back. And then I'll put it back into those areas. And then how, when do you start noticing that it's starting to regenerate itself? So a lot of those injuries like that, ligaments and tendons, you're you're off of those horses, you know, six months to a year, depending on the severity, um, and they they just heal up. So. Why can't we do this on humans? Why why is it why what's the big taboo? I don't know. I, I they they started doing a lot of the the PRP and things like that on humans. I know some of them do stem cells. What's PRP? Uh, Platelet-rich plasma is when you pull your blood oh, right. and you pretty much all the healing properties that are in your blood that like, so joints and your ligaments and tendons don't have a great blood supply. So that's why you take those healing properties and put them back into those areas. So now you're getting different things like uh, embryonic precursor cells and things like that that help stabilize tissue and help repair tissue that we use as well. So I, I can kind of I could kind of get the argument with the uh, with the embryonic cells, but with the horse, could you do it? Because you said you take it, you take their own, you take their own DNA basically, right? And then you send it off for the stem cells. Yes, uh, like the PRP and the IRAP and some of the other medicines I can do in house. I can spin it down and do it do it in the clinic um and then the amniotic precursor cells they those come from donor donor right. horses and we use those they they come in froze frozen and then we just thaw out because i think that was george bush's problem with stem cells with that it was gonna basically create a black market of aborted babies 
Yeah, I don't trust nothing George Bush did. So but if no. you, but if there was a way to pull the pull which pull the stem cell out of your own body and then send it off and then just reuse that, then it seems like a no brainer to me. It, what I would think. Yeah. Minus the painful part, yeah. I imagine. I guess it's. I didn't painful. go to Mahomes University, so I'm not apt to this conversation. Stem cell? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about it. I do know that it's a miracle, right? I mean. Like, oh, well, you know, to be honest with you, uh, I've got a way. I, I didn't think the stem cell was, at least in my practice, I mean, I'm sure other veterinarians would disagree with me and in their practice and what they've seen, but I, I haven't seen as much success from using the stem cell as I have from some of the other products, products like the PRP, the Renovo, uh, things like that. Um, offset the cost versus benefit ratio there. So you push your clients toward PRP? Well, or Renovo, uh, things like that. And a lot of clients, it's probably six one way, half a dozen the other yeah. on the product that you use. And so a lot of clients that have these nice horses and things are well-informed um, there's a little bit of price difference in, in the ones we use. And so I'll give them the options. Uh, there are certain instances where I'll suggest one product versus another product on, on a type of injury. Um, but I, 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 I'd hate to say I use one more than the other between the Renovo or the PRP. Um, it, it depends on, kind of depends on the injury and the owner. What, what's so. the cost on something like that? Uh, for, for platelet rich plasma, I think cost around 600, 650 bucks. And then, uh, Renovo is somewhere right, right around a thousand. Okay. No, okay, so hold like on. That. Cause I think I might've cracked why the government's not allowing this. Yeah. Cause it don't cost a lot of money. How much would surgery be on like an ACL tear from a horse? Which I mean, it that's apples and oranges because like, could you, uh, three grand. So there, there's your. Yeah, for a person, ACL is going to cost you $30,000. So Big Pharma got to George Bush and was like, listen, we don't need people putting stem cells into their torn up knee. We need to send them to an orthopedic to where they can rack up tens of thousands of dollars in medical bills. Just cracked it. Sadly, you're probably right because nobody trusts the government. I just cracked it. I did not realize that it was, I mean, 650 but I mean, whenever you look at what it would cost for surgery, like that's that's pretty cheap. 650 bucks. Yeah. It's that's not affordable. bad at all. Can you do this in dogs also? Oh, yeah. I've injected some dogs. I inject some buddies' uh, labs and stuff like that with different things and all that stuff. How common? Because I look at my lab and, like, they're, the Achilles on their back leg is, like, you know, freaking paper thin. Do those snap often? Right. You know, I, I have not seen one snap. Like I say, I don't do a bunch of dogs, but I, most of the things that they have or – you know, stifle injuries or hip injuries is what I see. And you'll see some occasional elbows and things like that, but stifles and hips. Hey, you just fucked Lou now. Well, yeah, I mean, he's going to tear, tear Achilles, Achilles today But I mean, now. you look at that thing, and I mean, it feels like a freaking piece of spaghetti. You got to think that it, I guess after years of, uh, you know, they're a finely tuned athletic machine. So I, uh, the, the good Lord knew, knew what he was doing whenever he made those things. So I'm assuming they don't pop too very often. Well, Dr. Lee, stem cells. I'm fascinated. Now if, Lou, now, if something does go wrong with Lou, I'll just send them to you, and you can give him some PRP. Yeah. 
PRP treatment. PRP. Well, we know you're a busy man, and I know there's a horse waiting on you at the clinic there in Sunset. About we, to lose his nuts, probably. We, we appreciate you. We appreciate you being on here. We look forward to seeing you in November again. And if there's anything we can do, let us know. I greatly appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a great hey, day. Thank you for having me. Too. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. PRP all the way. Bye. Very smart man. That's a big animal to work on. Could you imagine? You imagine getting your ass bit by a damn uh, the hell badger. That's a that's the best. That's the best. That's the coolest shit. You imagine pulling up in Walmart and seeing him loading that thing up in the truck. You'd be like, that guy's crazy. He can drive down the road with that thing not being in a cage. We just figured it out, Jeff. Yep. Why won't they allow stem cells? Well, it's money deal. The government's involved. It's a minute ago. Let's just let's just connect some dots here. All right, I got to get to the house. You have a wonderful day. I'll see you this evening. Go check out our sponsors. Go check out Alpha Outdoors, Stanford Hunting Outfitters, Mossberg, Double T British Kennels, Ducks Unlimited, Lucky Duck, Looking Glass Podcast, Shin Gear, Dirty Duck Coffee, Duck Dive Bomb Industry, Pacific Calls, and Boss Shot Shells. 